You are in cahoots with The Ginger Introvert, a podcast where we reflect on life as a 20-something and where no topic is off limits. My name is Liz, and today we're going to be talking about the music that I've been loving. We have lots to mention, so we're just going to hop right into today's topic. talking about the new music that I've been loving, and I will also be ending the episode with a track-by-track reaction to Taylor Swift's new album, Lover, so stay tuned and buckle up. It's going to be a long one, but if you make it to the end, and I really hope you do, I'm going to be making some announcements about this podcast and the Ginger Introvert blog at the end, so make sure you stay tuned. I listen to music every time I drive, and I've been finding myself driving around a lot lately, either to interviews or visiting friends at my old college. I also like to listen to music while I write, and I've been trying to write a lot more often lately since I've been working on a novel that I would like to try to get published within the next couple of years. However, it's going to be a very long process since I only have a few chapters written so far, but I love mellow artists to listen to while I write, like Bon Iver and the Civil Wars. However, I recently discovered a few indie artists that I have been writing to, so I'm going to start off with these and then go from there, since some of these artists aren't new. First off, I have been loving The Wallows, which is an indie rock band. This band is honestly such a great find because they're like an updated version of the bands that I used to love when I was in high school, but a little bit more current. They really remind me of older indie bands like Peter and Bjorn and John. I'm so sorry if I pronounced that name incorrectly. I have no clue how to say that, Um, but it was one of my favorites when I was in high school. One of the members may even be a familiar face if you watch the Netflix show 13 Reasons Why. The lead singer is also the star of that show named Dylan Minette. Their music videos are pretty inventive and they're fun to watch. My favorites include These Days and Are You Bored Yet? Are You Bored Yet? also features Claro, an artist I'll talk a little bit about later, which was such a great collaboration. This video also features some more familiar faces, including another Netflix star, Noah Centennial. Their album, Nothing Happens, which came out earlier in 2019, has been great to both drive and write to. Another favorite song of mine from this album is Scrawny, which is also just a fun little bop. Uh, Next up, I mentioned previously Claro and her new album Immunity, which was released on August 2nd. This was such a wonderfully mellow album, and it's another one I've liked writing to. In doing my research, I found that her style of music is called bedroom pop, while others have called her soft rock, but I feel like this album has the vibe of the type of music you listen to while you're sitting on the beach reading or like walking through a forest during the early fall time, so it's really great for writing. Now, her writing is so poetic and relatable, and her single Bags is so emotional, it almost makes me tear up every time I listen to it. My other favorites from this album are Sophia and Swiftly. 
Another mellow artist who recently released some new music is Lana Del Rey with her album Norman Fucking Rockwell, which was all over everybody's Instagram stories after it came out. Everybody is really fawning over this album, and I must admit that while I really like the songs that are on this album, I don't think they're super different from music she's released in the past, but this doesn't make it any less enjoyable, and my favorite from the album is probably due in time this is another album i've been writing to since each song really does seem to slip into the next however lana also did a collab with ariana grande and miley cyrus on a song for the new charlie's angels movie that's being directed by elizabeth banks called don't call me angel and this song is so good. I love it so much, and I have had it stuck in my head for days since it came out. Um, the lyrics and the video are so badass, and I think that it's so interesting that they teamed up on a project like this, since all of these artists are so different in their styles and just who they are as people and who they present themselves as to the public. I think it's just so interesting. Um, however, their differences seem to add to the dynamics of the song, and I've been listening to it at least two times every time I drive, and I've been listening to it at the gym I did today, and it was just so fun to work out to as well. Lastly, before I talk about the biggest reason why I thought I would make this episode all about new music that I've been loving, I thought I would mention Ally and AJ's music, which I think is really underrated right now. They released their EP Sanctuary on May 10th of this year after their comeback in 2017 with the EP 10 Years. I've been so surprised that more people haven't been talking about their work. They've really honed their sound since they were kids and since we listened to them were kids. I listened to them all the time when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade right around there I really grew up with their music their musical style and songwriting has become so mature and along with listening to some of their recent interviews it is so clear to me that they really want to be intentional with their music now and showing how much they've grown as people in the last 10 plus years I've included a couple of their songs from Sanctuary on this episode's playlist and I would encourage any of you who haven't already listened to their music to go check it out I personally love their new sound, especially since they use a really retro 1980s sound. They are also recording under their own independent label, Allie and AJ LLC, and I think that is so admirable of them. They take full advantage of their artistic freedom with their own music label, and you can definitely tell when you both listen to their music and watch their music videos, which are just all so well done and are so awesome, and I really, really highly suggest that you guys go check out their stuff. Finally, what I've been waiting to talk about and the main attraction of this episode is I'm going to talk track by track about Taylor Swift's new album, Lover. I really hope you like Taylor Swift because honestly this isn't gonna be a super harshly critical look at her album that's pretty much just me fawning over it. I do have songs here and there that I don't care for as much, but really, I, I'm a, I've always been a pretty big Taylor Swift fan. I know most fans of her say this, but I have been a fan of hers since close to the beginning of her career. The first album of hers that I listened to was Fearless, which came out when I was in fifth or sixth grade. Everybody always says that they feel like they grew up with Taylor, and I agree to a certain extent, but 
I have always felt that Taylor was always a few steps ahead of me, and when I would listen to each new album of hers, it would kind of preface a new era of my life. Every one of her new albums has shown me new parts of life and growing up, almost as if her lyrics were preparing me for the future. First up is the first track on the album, I Forgot That You Existed, and the best lyric that I love so much. Um, I'm going to quote it real quick for you. And I I couldn't get away from you and my feelings more than Drake. Your name on my lips, tongue-tied, free rent living in my mind. But then something happened one magical night. I forgot that you existed. And I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. And it was so nice, so peaceful and quiet. I love how in this song, Taylor starts off the album by addressing the whole Kanye controversy once and for all, and just basically saying that she's over it. These lyrics are so simple, and they really hit home for me. We, I, I feel like we have all gone through stuff that, you know, we thought we would never get over in the moment, and eventually you look back and realize that whatever you experienced, which was truly awful, after a while you grew through it and to quote taylor you learned some hard lessons you just forget what they were now that my friends is personal growth in a two minute and 50 second nutshell and i love it so much the second track is Cruel Summer. I think this song perfectly captures the vibe of the summer Taylor was experiencing and describing in this song. I just love the line, so cut the headlights, summer's a knife, I'm always waiting for you just to cut to the bone. And from what I interpret from this and the rest of the song is that this may have been the beginning of a relationship where she would tell the guy it's cool, no rules, where actually she loves him and is basically waiting for the moment where he's going to cut her out of his life because that is what she's so used to. I also love how near the end of the song, Taylor paints a picture of her breaking point where she says, I'm drunk in the back of a car and I cried like a baby coming home from the bar. I said I'm fine, but it wasn't true. I didn't want to keep secrets just to keep you. And I snuck through the garden gate every night that summer just to seal my fate. And I screamed for whatever it's worth. I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard? And honestly, say what you want about Taylor, but she, in my opinion, is a master at succinctly capturing a moment so perfectly that her listener is living through the months-long experiences in a matter of 30 or more seconds. This part of the song is my absolute favorite, especially the lyric that she follows up with after this where she yells, he looks up grinning like a devil, right after. And it's just genius how she puts together this song as a whole. I think, honestly, it may be the best part of the entire album. Next up is Lover, and I have a real tendency for disliking the singles that Taylor initially releases and then loving the rest of the album when the entire thing drops. And for the most part, this is no different. While I think that Lover is such a cute song and it's totally deserving of being the album's namesake, for me, it's just not my favorite. However, I do appreciate the entire song and how it sounds like a 1950s throwback ballad and how she made the video too. I really love how it all came together. And for me, I guess what I don't really like about it is that it's just really begging to be somebody's wedding song. It just, it, it's kind of cheesy to me. But then again, the lyrics are sweet, but I just think some of the other songs on the album are so much more suited to my own particular tastes. 
The next song is The Man, and this song is so freaking good. I could fangirl over this song for an entire 30 minutes all by itself, just because, again, of how well Taylor captures the feelings of basically our entire generation of women's uh, feelings on hypocrisy and double standards, and what we are basically met with in our day-to-day life in basically just three minutes and 10 seconds. Each lyric makes so much sense to me and it feels like something that has probably run through my own mind in the past. Like how in the chorus she says, I'm so sick of running as fast as I can, wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again because if I were a man, then I'd be the man. And then later she says, they'd say I hustled, put in the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve. And this coming from someone as hugely successful as Taylor Swift. And just saying that puts what she may be going through into perspective because she's so right. All of the crap the media has put on Taylor about all the guys she's dated and all of that, it's just because she's a woman and she writes about her love life and her music. That's it. Plenty of other men in the music industry do it as well, but they don't get nearly as much flack as she does. Next up is The Archer, which is another one of the singles that I didn't care for as much, and I must say that I still skip it whenever it comes up while I'm driving and listening to the album. I don't honestly have a whole lot to say about it. I think just for me it's a little too slow, but I still think it's well written and well done. However, I think he knows the next song is one of my personal favorites because it's such a cool and fun song, especially when Taylor sings He Got That Boyish Look That I Like in a Man, I'm an Arch. I'm drawing up the plans. It's like I'm 17. Nobody understands. No one understands. Just the way she sings this, I love. And honestly, it's just, I, I can't even imitate it. But she also changes up this lyric later in the song and says, he's got that boyish look that I like in a man. I'm an architect. I'm drawing up the plans. He's so obsessed with me. And boy, I understand. Boy, I understand. And it's just so sassy. This song just perfectly captures the fun of being in a new relationship relationship where you're really into each other and you're feeling so into yourself by extension and it's honestly just pure fun. Next up is Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, and this song is another one that really made me feel like she was going back to her roots, because this song I don't think is necessarily a tale from the last few years of her life. I think Taylor is trying to tell us a story about American glory and teenage love. Taylor has written a bunch of songs where she was telling a story, like in Starlight, where she was writing about Ethel and Bobby Kennedy and not her own life. However, I wanted to see what some of the other interpretation of this song were, and I found out that a lot of other people were saying that this is a different take on teenage life than Taylor used to do in her old albums. This is a more serious look into life in the Trump era. A Teen Vogue article quoted Taylor herself, where she said, This song is about disillusionment with our crazy world of politics and inequality, set in a metaphorical high school. It was also equated to HBO's immensely popular show, Euphoria, which I must admit I haven't seen yet. 
but it's basically framing all of the woes of teenage love and life, while at the same time there are, quote, American stories burning before me. I also really liked the article's take on the lyric, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, because I must say I was confused by the lyric before, but this Teen Vogue article, which I will link in the show notes, says, it's hard not to imagine she's talking about all the petty fights we embroil ourselves in to make us miss the larger ramifications of our actions. Very deep, very cool, and something that I think we should all really be thinking about as the earth just kind of does really just crumble before us. Next up is the song Paper Rings, and in my interpretation, this song is all about the second summer of Taylor's relationship, where she is so in love that she says, I like shiny things, but I'd marry you with paper rings. This feeling of wanting to be with someone so much and loving them so completely that you would be with them no matter what, even if they didn't get you a big shiny engagement ring. And I think it's so accurate and true and on point. And I think this song is just so amazing for that, honestly and I really identified with it because of this. I also liked how it was just another fun song to bop along to in the car, but I think it was really smart of her to slow down the song at the end to differentiate this song from the other songs on the album that are a little bit more fast-paced and fun, like I Think He Knows and London Boy. Next is Cornelia Street, and this is a cute song, but it's not an absolute favorite of mine. However, I do like the lyric that the song starts with, saying, We were in the backseat drunk on something stronger than the drinks in the bar, and I think this is just a perfect way to basically say you're so overcome with love and emotion for the someone that it's so intoxicating, only less cliche. And again, much like Lover and Cruel Summer, there are so many lyrics in this song that are just little sound bites of time where I feel like I'm right there with the couple playing cards or sitting in the crisp autumn air or driving with them or walking down the street I had never even heard of before listening to this song. I also really appreciate how Taylor writes, I get mystified by how the city screams your name because I know that feeling so well that a place where you experience a relationship can be steeped in the memory of them, so much so that revisiting that place later on in life could even be painful. Like how Taylor says, if they were to ever break up, she'd never walk on Cornelia Street again. I really, really appreciate that about this song, because these feelings of associating a certain place with a person doesn't necessarily apply to only romantic relationships. I think it can also apply to friends or family members. Like for me, my grandparents' house was hard for me to revisit after my grandmother died because it just screamed of her, and it still does close to a year after her passing. Death by a Thousand Cuts is next, and this is another song that's written in such a smart and succinct way that it almost hurts for me to listen to since it captures post-breakup feelings so well. The first stanza says, Saying goodbye is death by a thousand cuts. Flashbacks waking me up. I get drunk, but it's not enough because the morning comes and you're not my baby. I look through the windows of this love even though we boarded them up. Chandelier still flickering there because I can't pretend it's okay when it's not. It's death by a thousand cuts. Having been through a breakup myself recently and having lost sleep over a broken heart, I feel this so deeply and sometimes I have to skip over the song, even though it's definitely not a slow or super sad song like Soon You'll Be Better. Every lyric is so honest and true and I almost cry when I hear it. My heart, my hips, my body, my love trying 
to find a part of me that you didn't touch. Give up on me like I was a bad drug. Now I'm searching for signs in a haunted club. Our songs, our films, united we stand, our country, unless it was a lawless land. Quiet my fears with the touch of your hand. Paper cut stains from paper from my paper-thin palms. My time, my wine, my spirit, my trust. Trying to find a piece of me you didn't take up. Gave you too much, but it wasn't enough. But I'll be your right, it's just a thousand cuts. And the ending, too, is so fitting. Because you're trying to heal from a break up but you feel like you can't and you resort to looking for answers everywhere but inside yourself and I loved how she ended it just so cleanly when she says I take the long way home I ask the traffic lights if it'll be all right they say I don't know even though death by a thousand cuts is a little bit of a downer at least for me London boy picks it right up again and it is such a romping good time and I knew I needed it the first time I listened to the album all the way through. I also love this song because, as I've mentioned before, maybe I traveled to London in May, and I spent a good portion of uh, my time at a lot of the places that Taylor mentions, like Camden Market, Highgate, the West End, Bond Street, all of these places that I literally visited only a matter of months ago. And the lyrics of this song perfectly encapsulate the feelings of traveling around London. London. This song was just fun for me to listen to while scrolling through the photos on my phone. Next up, though, is Soon You'll Get Better, and this song is so emotional, and I just, it's, I, I really have to skip it every time it comes up. Not because I dislike it, I really do think it's a great song, but because it hits so close to home for me. Um, my grandmother, as I said, passed away last November due to stage four cancer. And so lyrics like, holy orange bottles each night, I pray to you, desperate people find faith. So now I pray to Jesus too. This song is exactly how it feels to watch somebody that you love get sicker and sicker due to cancer. And it just breaks me. I cry whenever I listen to it, and if you know me, you know I don't cry to songs, books, or even movies easily, if at all. And it doesn't help that Taylor, with a true stroke of genius, might I add, enlisted the help of the Dixie Chicks, which any person my age who grew up listening to country music will know to be a ginormous throwback. So, all this to say, the sadness of this song, joined with the nostalgia factor of the Dixie Chicks, was, at least for me, just a huge factor to make me just lose my shit every time. If I go to see Taylor in concert again, as I've done in the past, and Taylor plays this song, you best believe I'm going to be an absolute mess. False God is the next song, and this is another extraordinarily clever song, and my interpretation is that Taylor is writing about the phase of the relationship where the honeymoon phase is definitely over and they're struggling to be together. A lyric that I think highlights this is, they all warned us about times like this. They say the road gets hard and you get lost when you're led by blind faith but we might just get away with it, religion's in your lips, even if it's a false god. And even though this is rough and Taylor acknowledges this, it's another mark of maturity that she's writing this song while they're getting through the rough patches of their relationship. They're making it work because they want to be together. And from everything that I've learned about marriage through witnessing my own parents and family members that are married, this is definitely so true and honest about the realities of being in a long-term committed relationship. 
I think that the lyric says it even better, which is, hell is when I fight with you, but we patch it up good. Make confessions and we're begging for forgiveness. Got the wine for you. And I think this is such a cool scene where you see them working through the rough patches and you end up just resting in the fact that you love each other even if you don't like each other very much in the moment. You Need to Calm Down was the only single initially released from this album that I completely fell in love with. This was my summertime jam, and I was really obsessed with this music video when it came out, too. The fact that the Queer Eye guys were all included, including Tan France literally drinking tea straight out from a fancy china teapot, just made my life. I fangirled all over this and the music video for so long, and I think so many other people did, too, because it's such a quintessentially 2019 statement. Like, we all won't agree with each other, but can't we all at least agree to have common decency? I especially liked the lyric, you are somebody that I don't know, but you're taking shots at me like it's Petron, and it's just like, damn, it's 7 a.m. Say it in the street, that's a knockout, but you say it in a tweet, that's a cop-out. It's so clever and it's so fun. It's so casual, but it's informing us on how we should be treating each other and people who are so different from us. Afterglow is next, and this song really gave me the same sort of vibes as False God. Taylor is admitting that while her and her partner are fighting, she blew things out of proportion during a fight and villainized her boyfriend, which really reminded me of a lyric in Dodie Clark's song Monster, where she says, I'm guessing that I've grown horns. I guess I'm human no more. I can tell I've rotted in your brain. Oh, how easily passion twists. You think I'm a crazy bitch. I craft my words to fit your head because no one listens to the dead. But in true Taylor style, compared to Dodie's song, which is another one of my favorites, Taylor is saying something similar where she's villainized the person that she loves, but similarly in her own sentiments, she says one of the lyrics, I blew things out of proportion, now you're blue, put you in jail for something you didn't do, I pinned your hands behind your back thought I had reason to attack, but no. Fighting with a true love is boxing with no gloves. Chemistry till it blows up till there's no us. Why I have to break what I love so much, it's on your face and I'm to blame. And comparing to Dodie's song, which I really think in my opinion is a breakup song, Taylor is basically writing an apology here in Afterglow for her behavior and for acting so badly towards the person that she loves, and she just wants to be assured that even Even though she knows she messed up, she begs, tell me that you're still mine, tell me we'll be just fine even when I lose my mind. And yeah, I feel that so hard, apologizing for just going too crazy during a fight. I totally understand, and yeah, I feel it so deeply. Me was another one of the singles that I just didn't care for. I feel like I'm sounding like a broken record now. Um, But I really did love the unexpected collaboration with Brendan Urie. I gotta say, all of the collaborations with the Dixie Chicks to Brendan Urie to even the Queer Eye guys and Katy Perry in the You Need to Calm Down video, all of these collabs are so out of the blue that I just think they're perfect. But again, this song as a whole for me just... I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like it as much. When it first released, I just couldn't get beyond the video, which was like they took love and then processed it in the Willy Wonka factory, and the machines just kind of blew up and spit out candy and nerd ropes and rainbows and unicorns all over the place. I don't know. It just wasn't my thing. 
But the next song, It's Nice to Have a Friend, for me, was another track that is really meant, at least for me, to be a wedding dance song, but it's so cute, and I love how it it's just a really simple love story. I think she's really telling a story, and she paints such a wonderful picture in our heads, and it really sounds to me something akin to Somewhere Over the Rainbow. This is just such a fun song to sway to when you're driving in the car. The last song on the album is Daylight, and this song has such a fun 80s feel to it, and I love one of the first lyrics where Taylor says, I'll tell you the truth, but never goodbye. I think this was such a great track to end the album with, because Taylor is really talking about how even though she acknowledges that she's made so many mistakes in the past and even in the present, that she is ready to move past it into a new day and new beginnings with people with the people that she loves. She is ready for daylight after, as she says, sleeping so hard in a 20-year dark night. I love a good new beginning. It's a smart way to end the album, I think, on a really light and hopeful note. And in my opinion, especially with Taylor coming in at the very end in her normal speaking voice, saying, I want to be defined by the things that I love, not the things that I hate, not the things that I'm afraid of, the things that haunt me in the middle of the night. I just think that you are what you love. And I think that's just such a wonderful way to end an album. Finally, the end of all the songs. I must admit that I didn't really realize how many tracks were on this album until I was going through it song by song and writing out all of my thoughts that I had running through my head after all the nighttime drives of listening and singing along to these songs. Overall, I would say that Lover is really a throwback for Taylor, and I really feel like she is going back to her country and more soulful roots a little bit. As much as I loved her last album, Reputation, I think Lover really goes so much deeper into who Taylor is now and this version of her, because after all, and I think Taylor has made this pretty clear with each reinvention of herself that she has done for each album she has made, Taylor really loves to emphasize her own personal growth and comparing her past past versions of herself to who she is and considers herself to be now. And Lover illustrates the late 20s version of Taylor and all the goings on in her life beautifully. I really just love all the Sagittarius vibes that I get whenever I listen to a Taylor Swift song. Maybe it's because we're both Sagittarius and I always have felt like she's been a kindred spirit and I'm always just going to appreciate her work. And I really have to say how much I loved Lover and I'm really glad I got to go over it track by track with you all. If you made it all the way through this episode of In Cahoots with the Ginger Introvert, I really appreciate it. I have a few announcements before I sign off. First, I published an autumn reading list this past Friday in honor of the Friday the 13th Harvest Full Moon, which I don't think has happened since the year 2000. Um, If you're interested, go on over to the blog and give it a read. And if you pick up any of the books for your first fall novel, tag me in an Instagram post and I would love to see. Also, I am planning a bunch of fun and spooky content for fall and Halloween as well, both on the blog and on this podcast. I'm planning on sharing some fun autumnal recipes from my grandmother's cookbook, as well as possibly writing a spooky short story that I could share here on the podcast. 
I was thinking that if this went over well, it might be fun to do a monthly or a bi-monthly short where I write a short story to read aloud here on the podcast and then maybe have an illustrated digital version for sale on my website. If you have any thoughts about this idea, please connect with me on Instagram. I'm at the ginger introvert. I would love to hear your thoughts. As always, this episode's playlist is on my Instagram, or you can follow me on Spotify. It will all be included in the show notes for this episode. In order to access that, you can head on over to thegingerintrovert.com to access the playlist, the links and the articles I mentioned, and all that good stuff. I will link that in the description of this podcast. And thank you so much for being in cahoots with me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and if you have a little bit of time to spare rate us or share this episode on your instagram or anywhere else where other people can possibly find it that would be so amazing and i would love you forever uh thank you for listening and i will talk to you next week